This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big line? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. Warren, here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. put the right people in place and in power to take action. And uh, and so we watch as authoritarian states take advantage of that open information space and, you know, promote their own narratives and exacerbate divisions in our society. And I think this is something that, you know, is sort of a growing area for intelligence communities as I watch so many of my kind of interlocutors begin to develop, you know, sort of offices and centers and so on, looking at foreign malign influence, as it's sometimes referred to, and, you know, and thinking about how do we manage this in our areas. And in the context of Russia, Ukraine, I thought it was really interesting. I learned certainly a lot of lessons through uh, the experience, and among them was in this space. So we obviously tried to counter disinformation that the Russians were putting out. We saw that they were looking to create a pretext for the invasion, and we wanted to sort of debunk that and help people understand that this was uh, a false narrative. And so by finding ways to declassify certain information while still trying to protect our sources and methods so we don't lose the access that is so critical to our work, you know, we were able to have an impact, in a sense, on the conversation about this. And yet, at the same time, what also is clear as you sort of look back at the situation is that our impact was far greater in the West than it was in other places in the world, right? So, when it came to Russia, we had basically no impact. You know, the people of Russia had controlled information provided to them, for the most part, very hard to penetrate, in effect, but we also saw, you know, you can sort of understand that in the Russia space, you recognize how much effort the Russian government, Putin, puts into controlling information in Russia. But what we also saw was that we were not that impactful in other countries that already had sort of taken on the narrative of what the Russians were pushing. And the Russians engaged in a very concerted information campaign and around the world on these issues. And one of their main narratives is that the United States is provoking this conflict and that NATO and Ukraine are, you know, setting the conditions and threatening Russia and that sort of forced them into this position. And, and in fact, when you are pushing out uh, information to population that is already skeptical of you, it's much harder to gain traction in those scenarios. So we sort of, we recognize that we were able to have impact, I think, in countering disinformation, but that there were limits on what we were able to do and that we needed to understand that in order to really understand how we can counter this moving forward. So let, let me pick up a few of those themes. I think I agree with the thrust of your argument there. 
the first thing around declassification of intelligence. As a 30-year intelligence professional, then this is quite hard in many ways. And I think we're, our people find it quite hard. Yeah. You've, you've, uh, you've put a lot of effort into getting secret intelligence. But I always think there's no point collecting it unless you use it. The sea change we've seen during this conflict of getting the intelligence out there and using it to pre-bunk to try and undermine that sort of narrative. I completely agree with that. But, but of course, it is also the case, as you've said, that for, for much of the world, they haven't completely bought into that side of the, uh, of the argument. And, and much as we know it to be truthful, there are different and counter-narratives running in. Natalie Winters, that is so jaw-dropping. They aren't even shy about it anymore. They're not even shy about it. These are not two MSNBC analysts. This is not two of the kind of the weirdos you see up on MSNBC or even CNN just talking smack all the time. This is the head of the, well, the senior guy, head of British intelligence and Admiral Haynes talking about on BBC and he's the interviewer, the pre-bunking. By the way, I'd like everybody, I was thinking as that's going on, David Halberstam would, who wrote the best and the brightest about about the debacle that became Vietnam is rolling over in his grave to even listen to this. The New York Times and the, and the Washington Post, all of you guys on the Pentagon paper, the, are you kidding me? Compare the what what we went through on the Pentagon papers to get the Pentagon papers out there, and, and think about think about what she just said in relation to the Pentagon papers. And even certain aspects of 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 Watergate, Natalie Winters. It's it's it. I am gobsmacked about this interview and how brazen they are now. They're just up in your grill, ma'am. Yeah, I don't know how anyone can come away from that interview and not really come to the conclusion that our intelligence agencies, not just here in the United States but really in the West, have declared, I think, a full blown information war. On us, and just for context, the people speaking—that's DNI, Avril Haynes, and the director of the government communications headquarters, the GCHQ, um, over in the UK, which, like I said, is Britain's largest intelligence agency. So these are not just some random people; these are the people at the top of the food chain making the decisions about how intel is either used for purposes of, you know, pre-bunking and debunking and post-bunking misinformation, um, or that the federal government, you know, would not play a role in this kind of misinformation landscape. But I think it gets back to the central issue, which honestly, I think will be the biggest issue, not just of 2023, but going forward. But really is this fusion between the public and the private sector and getting to determine what exactly constitutes misinformation. And I think what we're seeing really is, is a fundamental push from the intelligence agency, the intelligence community, which really is, is the backbone, is the, the spine of the administrative state to really just do away with the First Amendment, to do away with freedom of speech. I wouldn't be surprised if they and the Democrats they control try to amend the, the First Amendment to put disinformation as a class of not, you know speech that's not protected. But 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 but, 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 but ho, yeah yeah ho 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 ho. Because we can't get into a First Amendment because this is I almost think they want to do it. So there's some marginal changes. The whole show today is uh, of a whole cloth. Starting from 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 Flynn, that's why I had Flynn on with that piece and the talk about the World Economic Forum in Ukraine, and then the Rasmussen poll and the Rasmussen information, given given what we've said, the biomedical security state. Then Andy Biggs, the reason we're having this fight in the House, Natalie, you have to go after 
the administrative state hammer and tong now. It's not any marginal law that we increase. This this is not even about free speech. They're so brazen. They've tossed that aside. This is about their total and absolute control over you and what is the narrative and what the narratives you're going to sign up for. Look what she said about about the Ukraine. Yes, there are open questions about the escalation, the escalatory policy of the regime that's in Washington, D.C. right now and about Ukraine and the money laundering in Ukraine, everything about Ukraine, why we spent $100 billion. And they're sitting there right there. Yo, those are the ones we got to take care of out of the box. I think this is so much deeper than just First Amendment. The administrative state and its and its information war against the American people and free people everywhere. The Five Eyes program is what you told. In Australia, New Zealand, Canada, uh, Great Britain. This is so fundamental. And this is why you're having this huge fight over Kevin McCarthy, because you have to go and take this. You have to. And he's promised. Remember, he's promised a joint select committee on going after the weaponization of government. He's promised that. And people are still saying that's not good enough because you don't have the stones to see it through to the end. That's what this is going to be about. That's why we had flim at the beginning. This is about understanding the problem, but understand how endemic it is that this is just not some sort of you know, marginal thing on some law we got to get passed or repeal the Patriot Act. It's so much deeper than that. Natalie Winters, and look, you've been the top thing on Fauci. Look at what's happening with Rasmussen poll today, the Fauci drop uh, later in the week, ma'am. Well, I think the kind of contingent that is the World Economic Forum, uh, really really the globalist kind of ruling class, if that's what you want to call it, I think it's easy to, to see what they want to do when it comes to national sovereignty and the sense of open borders and really undermining, I think, the idea of the nation state, right, that we should control what goes on within the borders of the United States, right? They want this global either economic, economic model and just political ruling model. But I also think that it's exactly what you're saying. And of course, it's much broader than the First Amendment. But it really is fighting over sovereignty for your minds. And I think that the weapon that they're using now is this construct of misinformation and disinformation. And I think it's hard for people to maybe understand as someone you know who focuses on this, but the scope of how they really have weaponized this kind of disinformation market to censor certain narratives. I mean, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of charities and nonprofits. You know, those are obviously euphemisms because they're not in the business of charities, you know, or any nonprofit activity, but they're all funded by the same people. You know, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, Open Society, George Soros, Craig Newmark, all of these groups, which also coincidentally are the ones funding, you know, these pushes for vaccines. They're in bed with the Chinese Communist Party. They're pushing critical race theory. All of these groups fund the same things, which mean that they also get to kind of play the adjudicator of what exactly constitutes misinformation and disinformation. And of course, I'm sure Fauci will probably end up, you know, either as a fellow or in some capacity working in some foundation that's also funded by these entities, too. So so it really is an incestuous world in that sense that these people really do have a monopoly on information. And that's why they're able to wage information warfare so successfully. I will say it's nice to be on boardroom for the first time where Anthony Fauci is no longer uh, a public servant. But I think, you you know, we need to look to kind of Ukraine as sort of the blueprint for what this globalist ruling class really has in store for us. And, you know, it shouldn't be lost on anyone that just a few days ago, Zelensky ruled out a new rule that basically gave the Ukrainian government complete control over the National TV, Radio and Broadcasting Council, where they could deem certain media outlets, you know, as spreading fake news, they could shut them down. 
and also gave them more censorship control over journalists. Of course, ACLU, you know, the SPLC, all these left wing groups are nowhere to be found criticizing or condemning that. But I think that that's sort of what you're seeing here is the ultimate goal. You know, there, there's bigger things here than just the First Amendment. I think it goes back to, like I said, it's sovereignty over your mind. Um, and they, they want to control what you think. And they've realized that the most, I think, kind of intense way to do that um, is to pre-bunk these narratives, right? They don't even want these talking points to be in your head. Believe me. If the FBI, if the DHS, if the CIA, if the NIH, if all these three-letter agencies, which I'd add NBC, ABC, MSNBC, that's five letters, if they could pre-bunk that Rasmussen poll, if they could pre-bunk some of these stories about Kevin McCarthy, they would because they don't want people to know this information. It's a tale as old as time, but just because of the time we're living in right now where social media is such kind of a new beast, a new behemoth, um, they're really rolling out to the tune of billions of dollars in very high-scale you know, operations disguised as nonprofits and C4s and C3s, uh, really a war for your mind. Real quickly, how, how big a game change it is that they've actually had the head of British intelligence interviewing the head of American intelligence, and they're just so open about it. Is that, are we now seeing, uh, is that taking it up a level just in your grill that they just don't even care anymore? I think so. I, I think that that's the whole point. And I think that's why people are so mad about it, because the, this ruling class operates with impunity, right? These are the same people uh, who want amnesty for everything that they did in the pandemic. That's how they operate. They've never had accountability. I mean, people have read the FBI statement about the Twitter files. They admitted we didn't actually do anything wrong. Uh, you know, the, the fact that CISA, the DHS kind of subunit, that was responsible for a lot of this censorship got a $313 million increase to its already $2.9 billion budget in the omnibus just shows you how in your face this is. They're not ba backing down because they can. It, it, it is a house of cards in some senses, right? Because the narratives that they've created are fake. They're not real. They're not rooted in reality. Um, but they guard this house of cards with a very, very intense and elaborate Praetorian guard, as, as you've called it. So they have to double down because they have no choice, because this really goes to the lifeline, the lifeblood um, of America's ruling class. Okay, uh, Natalie, I'm going to ask you to hang around uh, our executive editor and co-host. we got Caroline Wren on the other side, the great Scott Pressler. Will the lack of a red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden? more wasteful government spending, higher taxes, the deepening of inflation? And how do you protect your hard-earned savings from chaotic financial markets? The answer, by diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text Bannon to 989898 for a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Birch Gold has almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs. Text Bannon to 989898 and claim your free, no-obligation info kit. Don't let the left devalue your savings. Own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Bandit to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency. Offers for free iPhones are usually too good to be true. Just like freedom itself 
nothing in life is free. Mobile phone companies not only lock you into long-term contracts, but they also build the price of the phone into your bill with hidden fees. With Patriot Mobile, they can show you how to get the same iPhone interest-free without the games and no contract. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks because they use the same towers as the major carriers. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. Patriot Mobile also offers a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch to either of the three major carriers they provide for free. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call their 100% U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. That's B-A-N-N-O-N. If you're fed up with woke companies that don't care about your values or our country, support a company that does. Patriot Mobile. You get there by going to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call 972-PATRIOT. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, it's Monday, 2 January, year of our Lord, wait for it, 2023. Uh, we're coming out of the gate hot. Make sure MyPillow.com, promo code warm. Here's the thing. Sleep, the sleep of the just. All the polls are showing us that the number one thing the American people want is a good night's sleep, particularly if you're here in the war room. If you're part of the cadre or part of the posse, remember, you're working all the time trying to save your country. You need a good night's sleep. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code warm. Still got the 80% inventory sale. Declare it the inventory money back guarantee. Money back guarantee if you're not ecstatic about it up to 31 March of this year, 2023, the first quarter. Okay. Uh, Ron, the great Ron Filipkowski, uh, who has a Twitter account, he follows a lot of different, uh, uh, let's say, activities on the MAGA race, a former Marine. Uh, he had, and the reason I, I said this the other day, I did a special with Poso over the uh, over New Year's holiday. It was shot out at, uh, at Turning Point, um, uh, Natalie. Was uh, I was a little frustrated in reading. I don't get frustrated. I was a little, how do I say this? Perturbed? No, that's the wrong word. Um, anyway, I was reading the um, uh, the depositions in uh, for the J6. And I have some, you know, some skin in the game in that. And let's say I was, outside of our next guest, Caroline Wren, I was a little underwhelmed by a lot of them <laughs> I was reading. So I said, hey, look, you know, a lot of people talk about this or, you know, uh, you know, either... I don't want to say ratted Trump out or people ought to learn how to do a deposition. You don't tell a story. You answer the question, right? Yes. No, I don't remember. Um, the, um, but in, in, I said, Hey, look, you know, I have a host of reasons. I got a big appeal going on for a host of different reasons. I got great lawyers on it. Even the judge said, Hey, there's grounds for appeal here. So we're hauling the appellate process and people know I never talk about the case, never talk about any of these things. Um, but uh, and I said, hey, look, but the reality is in the, in the first round, I got sentenced to four months in a, in a federal prison. And but, you know, in Posa said, I said, I'm not worried. I got Natalie Winters. And man, he went full misogyny on. He says, oh, the, the war room audience is going to hate that. What is is that? Is that Natalie is why is this guy picking on our Natalie Winters? Why is he picking on you? I know from Ron to Madeline over at Media Matters. 
the the left wing, you know, blue check mark wow. brigade doesn't seem to like me very much. Um, I I don't know why. I think honestly, I think maybe they're trying to come for the co-host job. They're trying to get to you. They're trying to, hey, to cut me out. <laughs> yeah. No, we would no. Look, we got we got a co-host, but look, we'll have Ron and and uh, we'd love to have Ron and and Madeline on. I would love you know, to Ron have Fa- Madeline on any day. <laughs> We'll give him a no, that whole thing's that whole thing's getting that whole thing's getting weird. That's like a stalking <laughs> situation, right? Getting, that's getting strange. We'll do it virtually, Natalie, just, not in person. <laughs> virtually, yeah. but Ron, come on, man! You're, Ron's got some great perceptions on the show. On this one, I think he missed it, but that maybe it's towards the end of the year when to focus. Um, hang on for one second, Natalie. I want to get back to you. I let me go to Caroline Wren, and I don't want to get into testimony, but yours is pretty hardcore. <laughs> for for anybody for anybody who wants some, uh, an hour or so of enjoyment get to her get to her deposition get to caroline wren's deposition the in-your-face caroline wren you see on war room was just the same uh in the uh in the star chamber of the sixth january show trial caroline uh we've had the whole first part of the show fun exchanges yeah there were some fun exchanges there's very interesting read caroline uh I've made the case that this thing with the with the uh, House Speaker is really inextricably linked to the RNC fight for the RNC chair because many of the themes about trust, about direction, and particularly about fight. You know, McCarthy's things right now is not about the deals he's cutting. People just say, hey, look, dude, uh, we like you personally. I mean, everybody I've talked to really likes Kevin McCarthy as a person, but it's not about that. It's about the stick to itiveness and grit you need to actually take on the administrative state or the Biden regime and get it done. The same themes pop up all the time. People, Ronald McDaniel, people say, hey, she's a nice person. I've known her for years, et cetera. But it's about uh, systemically what's going on there. So can you, we got Scott Pressler up. We got Ryan Williams going to join us in a second. Can you give us an update on where we stand on, 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 on this fiasco? But with the RNC, I just think there's a lack of leadership in the Republican Party as a whole right now. And, and a lot of people view Donald Trump as the leader of our party, and many still do. But, you know, they took away every single platform that he had to be able to communicate with his base. And on top of that, anytime he speaks out, he's, you know, investigated, uh, gets subpoenas, etc. So I do think that this has created this vacuum of a lack of leadership. And that comes from both elected officials currently, but also with our uh, party committees and such. And I, I don't think that there's been, one, a clear vision laid out of their there's a, it is a different and new Republican Party. It's hard to imagine even that Mitt Romney was our nominee in 2012. And look at where we are now. It's a much more populous party. And the leadership within the institutions of the Republican Party have not changed and don't recognize that. And I think that's where this frustration is boiling up to right now. And so for me personally, the what I feel like I can affect the most right now is the RNC race. And so when Hermie Dillon stepped up, I really, I thought it was a very interesting person to be running for this, mainly because I talked to her, she was bringing up the same things that, that I'd her and had been frustrated about going back to what Natalie was talking about, but the the game has changed among the political warfare and the Democrats are fighting this war through 501c3s and c4s and for-profit entities, and we are fighting it still through these party committees and super PACs, these you know, dying entities, and there's been no match. And we need someone who's a visionary who can say, okay, I want to actually play on the same playing field that the Democrats are playing on. I want to take the fight directly to them. And to me, Hermit was a great person to do it. She's won two cases in front of the Supreme Court in the last year. She's beat Mark Elias in court. This is a woman who graduated high school at 16, editor of the Dartmouth Review, editor of the UVA Law Review, was part of the Federalist Society, is chair of the Republican National Lawyers Association, was vice chair of the California Republican Party. She has spent her life in this fight. And I think the the fight right now needs to be through lawfare and different tactics. And that's what we need to be focusing on. 
Hang on a second. I'm going to ask you to hang on through our next two guests and then summarize here. I want to get Scott Presser. Scott joins us by phone. First off, Scott, everybody wants to know, how's your health? How are you doing? Because you're a true hero to our audience. You probably put in more effort in voter registration and grassroots activities. So so first off, how, how's your health as we start the new year? Thank you. Well, happy new year. And much to the Democrats' surprise, I'm doing much better. And I'm looking forward to hitting the ground immediately to defeat some of those Democrats going into this year and next. Scott, look, you're revered by this audience. And so when you come and you're also a guy that doesn't get involved, I think, in a lot of the party politics aspect of it. So when people say that Scott Presler's come out and engaged in this RNC chairman fight, uh, people sit up and take notice. Although the mainstream media go like, who's Scott Presler? Inside the MAGA movement and on the right, people go, Scott Pressler is a, a, ma- a major player. So why did you get involved in this? Tell us, where, where do you stand right now? Quite frankly, I'm, I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of three cycles of six years of losses. And it, it's evident that we need change in leadership. And we're not going to get that in the Senate because we don't control the Senate. And Mitch McConnell's still there. We're not going to get it with the whip because Tom Emmer is still there. So if people truly want to make a difference, then this is our opportunity right here, right now. And we have the power to change who our leadership is at the very top at the RNC. And that's why I'm involved and I'm dedicating all of my time in this month until the 27th to make sure that we have a change in leadership at the RNC. Um, the establishment say, hey, look, the problem we got is Trump's got these crazy policies. Scott Pressler's aggressors, guys, but he's got these crazy policies. Bannon's policies are crazy. And the reason is not Rana. It's not the structure. It's that it's that uh, you guys are delivering uh, basically answers people don't want. What would you have to say to that, sir? Yeah, baloney. Yeah, spending all of that money in Ohio, with all due respect, and money in Florida that we didn't need with Governor Ron DeSantis. Why was our own party with Mitch McConnell working against Arizona, working against Nevada, working against new grassroots blood that could have really delivered a new vision for our conservative movement? And that just shows me that we need a change in leadership from the top to the bottom. And that's why I'm getting involved, because I want to win, plain and simple. 2024 is a must win. Look, given your health considerations, I just want to make sure everybody understands, you're dedicating your entire, this entire month on this RNC race. Am I to take that is, is, is what your focus is? Absolutely. Yes. This is the top priority. And and that's why this week in particular is so important, especially to people listening right now in the state of Ohio. We're having a state central committee with the Ohio GOP on Friday. And the reason why this is important is because there are 168 voting members, right? And so three of those are going to come from Ohio. You got the state chair, you got the RNC committee man and committee woman. Well, Bob Paduchik, who is the current state chair, he's retiring. And all three of those three voting members for Ohio have endorsed Ron and McDaniel for RNC chair. So we have an opportunity if everybody listening at home calls their central committee members in support of Brian Williams. Brian Williams is running for chairman of the Ohio GOP, and he has already endorsed Harmeet. So we could at least get one out of those three members to vote for Harmeet on January 27th at the RNC meeting. But don't just stop there. 
We want everyone to contact their state central so they support Brian Williams. But we also want everybody to contact the RNC committee man and committee woman to see if we can persuade them and coax them into voting for Harmeet. And you can do so by going to hireharmeet.com. That's H-I-R-E-H-A-R-M-E-E-T.com. And if anybody's wondering how you contact your state committee members, well, all you have to do is type into the internet, Ohio GOP State Central Committee. And you can do that for any state in the entire country. And, and this is so important because it shows you the value of joining your Republican Party, becoming a precinct chair, becoming a state central person, because all of those factors lead into who is going to be a chairman and who is going to be voting for the national party chair. So it's invaluable that every person listening join the Republican Party to make changes from within. Scott, real quickly, what's your social media? How did you get to Scott Pressler? Everything is at Scott Pressler, S-C-O-T-T-P-R-E-S-L-E-R, Gab, Parlor, Truth Social, Getter, Telegram, Twitter. Everything is at Scott Pressler. And, and thank you, Mr. Bannon. Scott, God bless you. You're a warrior and a hero. Short break. Brian Williams from Ohio next. Offer from My Patriot Supply. They're knocking off 25% on their four-week emergency food kit. That's 25% off the four-week emergency food kit. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now to get this great deal. My Patriot Supply is charging less so they can help American families more. This amazing price. So get it while you can. These days, you can't depend on anything else but yourself for survival. Get this food today. You'll be grateful for it tomorrow. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and save 25% on each four-week emergency supply food kit. Your orders ship fast and free. Don't wait for the shelves to be empty. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now. MyPatriotSupply.com. Fair warning. Listen to this convicted home title thief explaining what happens when he forges your home's title and takes over as the new owner. Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh, no, I have title insurance. It's in my name. Or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. You're living in a delusion. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it, or sold the property, it's 60 to 90 days for that person to even figure out that they're the victim of this crime. You start getting foreclosure notices. You've got four mortgages on your house. You don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name. Home title fraud is growing two and a half times faster than credit card fraud. You could be a victim and not even know it. Here's how to protect yourself and verify your home's title is still in your name. Visit HomeTitleLock.com promo code radio. Then register your address for your no obligation home title report. A hundred dollar value you get for free. Again, get your free home title report at HomeTitleLock.com promo code radio. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, since Scott Pressler teed him up, we've got Brian Williams. Brian, look, here's the question, and, and I know you're going to get to the RNC part of it, but you know, we've got dust being kicked up in Florida about the about the the voting that's going on there. We got dust being kicked up now in in Ohio. DeWine, I think, won by 25. DeSantis won by 20. I would argue, and, and by the way, in the presidential now, even Axios is taking Ohio and Florida off the map. It's all Arizona. Georgia, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, as we've been saying here in the war room. 
if you if if we're in those kind of in Paducic's a legendary guy, if uh, we're in such good shape, what's your theory of the case? Why, why are you why are you coming in hammer and tong in Ohio, sir? Well, leadership matters. Scott's right. The thanks for having me on this morning. The sure. our leadership in Ohio, we win as Republicans because we're a red state now, fully ensconced. The Democrats have helped us become a red state with their crazy policies on the border and energy and a whole b- bunch of other things over the past ten years. But our current Republican leadership in Ohio, they like to pick our nominees for us. And this race for chairman in Ohio. And the race for speaker on tomorrow for our Ohio House and the race for the RNC really is about who's going to pick our nominees. Is it going to be the elites and the fixers who feed off the party or is it going to be the primary voters uh, where the party serves as a resource for all quality candidates to go out, make their case and win the race? Um, In Ohio, we have a long tradition of the party establishment um, picking the nominees, short-circuiting the process where conservatives are shunned aside, and we get basically established center-right Republicans winning as our nominee. And then we go to work and get them elected in the general election, obviously, because they're the best choice possible, but that's not good enough. So what is your, walk us through, and how can people get more information on this? Because this is critical. What what is the process going to take place in Ohio and particularly for people out in Ohio, we have a vast audience there. How can they get more information? Because this is kind of getting people, you know, and I think the RNC, the club of the 168, have done a good job of kind of making this inside baseball. So people don't really know what the process is, even who gets to vote, how it's even done at a state level, the committee man and committee woman. So walk us through the process and how can people out in Ohio get engaged in this? Well, Friday, we have a vote. There are 66 state central committee members who will choose the next chairman. You need 34 votes to win. Uh, Whoever wins 34 votes on the ballot, there's four candidates running. Um, And so anybody in Ohio who can contact their Republican state central committee member and say, we want a voice for an egalitarian party that is open resource, that is not a fixer party, uh, that is aligned with the MAGA agenda, uh, we and, and the things we want are bylaw changes so that we don't have an autocratic inside chairman. We want a platform committee so that the Ohio Republican Party could stand for stated principles. What your viewers and listeners in Ohio can do to help the cause is, is contact the central committee members and before Friday and say, hey, vote for Brian Williams. The other two fellows in the race, there's one candidate that Bob Paduchik has handpicked. Uh, he will be Paduchik 2.0. It'll be an insider's game. And MAGA reformists will be left out in the cold once again, as we have been for the last two years. Uh, The two other gentlemen who are talking about reform probably don't have the backbone or the strength uh, to get it done. Um, And they're not bad people. They're just not going to fight the fight when the going gets tough. And that's why I've uh, come back and uh, put my name in the hat. I'm a 36-year veteran of Ohio politics. I'm the current vice chairman of the state committee. Uh, I've been a state representative. I've raised millions of dollars. I, I chair the Summit County Republican Party here in Akron uh, and have for the past uh, seven years. Um, I, I, I've been, I'm not new to this game, um, but at the same token, I recognize in Ohio, we breed center-right Republicans, and we have a recent record of defeating conservatives in primaries, uh, and we defeat them by keeping them out of the race or be, by, by keeping them uh, muzzled. Uh, within the process, and the state party shouldn't contribute to that muzzling. They should they should let conservatives run, and that's what my candidacy is all about. It's about reforming the party, standing for something. Um, and if your if your listeners and voters want to engage, the best thing they can do 
is contact their state central committee members between now and Friday and say, vote for an open leadership process in the Ohio Republican Party, vote for Brian Williams. Brian, how do people, Brian, what are your how coordinates? How do, people, how do people get to you? So the best way to contact me um, by email is bwilliams at summitcountygop.org. Um, that's the fastest way, and I can get them information on all the candidates, and I can also get them a list of uh, the state central committee members. I think that would be the fastest way uh, to connect with me. Okay, Brian, thank you very much uh, for coming. We're going to watch this closely, hopefully have you back on. Caroline, I'm a little jammed for time, but I got to ask you, you got you got Florida, that things look like they're going swimmingly for the Republican Party. Ohio, uh, is this a rear guard action or is this because Ronald McDaniel is kind of similar to the McCarthy. After the first ballot, people can peel off because they got committed to the first ballot. Right. So are right. you fighting a rear guard action because it's so complicated, the state and it kind of coming in late? Let's be honest. Or is this really something that's going to build momentum? and either bring Harmeet over the ta- over the line, uh, Lindell over the line, or some other candidate that may pop up between now and then, or maybe a combination of Harmeet and Lindell. What, what, what are your thoughts? Well, why states like Florida and Ohio are important is because, again, the RNC 168, it's every state gets three votes plus the territories. That's how you get that 168. And so a state, I mean, Florida has 22 million people, Ohio has 12 million people, and Guam has 170,000 people. They all still get just three votes. And we, this is tight enough that we are fighting for every single vote. That's why we're fighting right now in Florida. That's why the Ohio GOP chair is a race we're targeting. Because in a constitutional republic, we select representatives to represent the will of the people in our government. And that's what these folks are supposed to do. As these members of the 168, they are there to represent the will of their constituents. And it has been loud and clear anywhere if you go from social media to talking to your neighbors, to talking to donors, to others, that they want a change in the top of their leadership, and especially when it comes to the Republican National Committee. And so that's why we are not leaving any stone unturned. That's why okay. we're fighting Florida and Ohio. I w- okay. Uh, and we're going to have you back on tomorrow. We're going to have you back on tomorrow morning about the Kerry Lake situation and this. I just want to make sure Biggs and Gates have called this from day one about the real votes McCarthy had. People laughed at him. They mocked him. And now on the eve of it, they're trying to cut every deal in the world because there's 14 votes minimum and maybe more they doesn't have. It's closer to the 200, the 218. And he's working all day today to try to secure those votes. You said on this show last week she has under 84 votes. She can't win on the first ballot. Are you sticking to that? I am sticking to that. And I, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I suspect that it will only be um, Rana and Harmeet that end up on the ballot. Now, I want Mike to be, and let me just say something about Mike Wendell is a good friend. I love him so much. But we have to look at people and where they're best served. And I don't know about you, but I want President Trump back in office. Mike Lindell is the greatest asset to President Trump. He's the best surrogate. I've been to over 100 Trump rallies. He's been at every single one. The RNC chair has to remain neutral. And so taking Mike Lindell off the field for helping Donald Trump in 2024, to me, is, is a is a mistake. He is too strong of an asset to do it. And so that's the only reason why I'm here out really, really pushing Harmeet. I think it'll be a head-to-head. So I'm not sure if we'll go into multiple ballots. I think this is going to be a head-to-head race between the two of them. Wow. Okay. How to get you on social media? We'll have you back on tomorrow. How do people get to you? Follow you at Caroline Wren, and that's on Twitter and Getter and uh, Truth and all the outlets. Thank you very much, ma'am. Have you back on tomorrow? This is a dogfight for the RNC. Uh, Natalie, I know you got to go back to work. Um, how are your coordinates for Ron Filipowski and everybody to follow you and to make sure that uh, it's saying such mean things about our Natalie winners? Just not acceptable. How they get uh, to you, Chicago Natalie. sorority girls didn't intimidate me. Then Ron and Madeline <laughs> have nothing on them. 
my coordinates are Natalie G. Winters on all platforms. I'm, I'm not worried about the sorority girls. I was worried about the, the high school teacher that was going to punch you out or something, going to physically attack Made you. Made a lot of enemies. Your, for your, all the right enemies, I might add. That's how you end up in the war room. Okay, Natalie, thank you. Thank you. I wanted to have on a kickoff show for the year, Steve Moore. Uh, Steve, a brilliant piece in uh, in the New York Post. But I, I want to lay out the fact that we gave up, you know, the, this omnibus uh, took away our ability to hammer down on this. And you've made a case that, hey, there, there's so many people on the payroll now, the federal government, with all these subsidies and, and welfare, that it's getting, it's getting to the point that they're actually just voting continue their welfare. When you see Mitch McConnell uh, going to be with Biden on Wednesday, I mean, does your blood boil when they're sitting there talking about bipartisanship? What does bipartisanship right now mean to Steve Moore, sir? Steve, Happy New Year. Thanks for having me. Well, first, let's just I want to say something about this omnibus. Now, you've talked about this. I've talked about it for many weeks about what a horrific, um, unconscionable bill this was in terms of. Uh, the massive excessive spending at a time when Republicans need to be coming in and taking a chainsaw out of the budget, which, as you know, Biden added $4.1 trillion um, of additional spending. And, and we all thought that that was the mission of the Republicans, right, was to come in and cut spending. Well, the first thing they did was when they learned they won the House was was bring back your marks and then um, sign on to a bipartisan spending spree. And the reason I bring that up, Steve, you know, you're running the war room there to try to mobilize our forces. But I've got to tell you, the conservatives that I'm talking to, both the activists and the donors, are seething, seething in anger with the Republican leadership for, you know, this absolutely dreadful bill that's going to do more damage to our economy. So I, I think Republicans, it wasn't just a huge uh, policy mistake. It was a, a political blunder of epic proportions. Steve, look, you know a lot of these people. And I said that if you go back to the American Recovery Act, to the infrastructure, to the mini Build Back Better, and now to the omnibus, they're all done with 12 to 15, 16, 17 Republican senators. You know these people. Help me, help the audience out here. What are they thinking? Because these are massive. I mean, these bills are so massive in scale so intrusive for government, but just the ability we can't pay for any of it. It's actually financial suicide. What is it that they see internally that Steve Moore, Steve Bannon, and your, the donors you're talking to, the activists you're talking to, and the war room audience is not seeing, sir? Well, this is hardly rocket science, right, to understand that the greatest security threat and economic threat to the United States is this massive overspending and debt and the inflation that it's caused. You know, Reagan, one of my heroes, used to say that when you're strong at home, you're strong abroad. And when you're weak at home, you're weak abroad. And that's the situation that Joe Biden has put this country in, and it's tragic. I, I still believe, Steve, that if uh, Donald Trump had been president, uh, there's no way in hell that, that uh, the, uh, Putin would have gone into Ukraine. But he saw weakness uh, with Biden in the White House, and, and he went in. So if I sound a little frustrated this morning, I am, because the number one mission of this Congress has to be to stop Biden's spending binge. There will come a time, sometime within the next year, uh, Steve Bannon, when you're going to have a face-off between the Republican speaker, whether that's whether that's McCarthy or, or Scalise, or wherever it might be, and 
Joe Biden. And Biden's going to say, oh, well, you're going to shut down the government if you don't go along with my big spending bills. And that's the moment Republicans are going to have to stand firm and say, no, you, Mr. President, are putting our country in great financial danger with these massive spending bills. If we blink, if our side blinks, Steve, I think it's going to be not just a route for the country, but a route against the Republicans. You think that this is the, this could create what we now know as the Republican Party. The, the, the Republican Party, as you see, it could become like the Whigs were uh, before the Civil War. You could actually see the end of the Republican Party if they don't take a principled stand on spending. I think that the Republican Party has to be an anti-tax and anti-big government party. And if it's not, I mean, my old friend, Bob Novak, you remember Bob Novak from Evans and Novak used to say, you know, if, if Republicans aren't cutting in taxes and spending, then there's no, that's the reason God put Republicans on this earth. So what I do think that there is a rupture within the party. There is at least one quarter to one third of Republicans who are big government Republicans. And this party cannot, it has to be a small government party. Hang on for one second. We're going to hold a short commercial break. Uh, Steve Moore is going to join us. We're also going to talk about what's going to happen in the Vatican this week with Pope Benedict. All next in the world. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the years have proven that we need to be prepared. We constantly see government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflict, natural disasters, and the never ending assault on our security and privacy. Having reliable communications is essential. Now, don't get caught without reliable communication. And I'm here to tell you, your fragile cell phone simply won't cut it. It will not cut it. That's why I've partnered with the Satellite Phone Store, so you can stay prepared and assure your vital communication stays private. They're one of America's largest satellite telephone companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. Right now, they have a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. Get a free Amerisat satellite phone, 150 monthly minutes, free United States domestic number, and free rollover minutes for only ninety nine ninety five plus tax per month with an annual agreement. Now go to sat, that's S-A-T, 123.com sat123.com slash Bannon and get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That's sat123.com slash Bannon. Do it today. Take action. A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees, but it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you spend your money. In less than a year, Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never counsel you, counsel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. Here's the best part. It's absolutely, totally free to join. Just go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public, the word, the letters, sq.com. And download the app today, totally free. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free. 
so your local community can start to support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where we spend our hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. Go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Getter has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, make sure you go to Getter. You can download it. It's totally free. You get up. I can do it. I'm a moron in this. You can do it. We're putting up breaking news analysis. All your war room contributors and ourselves. Uh, we got a poll up right now on the uh, House Speaker's race, so make sure you check it all out. Steve Moore, we only got a couple of uh, minutes, but I'm going to have you back on after the, the big uh, vote tomorrow. Uh, the debt ceiling, the first time this is going to come up because tax revenue is collapsing is the debt ceiling, sir. Give us your Steve Moore on the first working day, or it's not even working, it's still a holiday, but the first day we're back on uh, in 2023. What's your assessment of the debt ceiling and the stand that we have to take? Reason I, I asked our good mutual friend Alexandra if she could get me on the War Room show, Steve, is I wanted every activist and conservative around the country to know that this is our moment. This is our Dunkirk moment. We have to make sure that we uh, do not cave in uh, to the Biden big spending agenda. Biden is basically going to use the debt ceiling as a way of trying to force, say, oh, Republicans are going to force a default on our debt. No, we're going to default on our debt, Steve, if we don't get the debt under control. Right? And so this is no flinching, no blinking, no backing down. We are going to insist on dramatic spending reductions, spending reforms, uh, you know, investigation of all the waste in government. And that's I don't know the exact date this is going to come. It's coming in the next four or five months, maybe as early as April or May. Steve, how do people get to you for all your analysis on this? And we'll have you back on. You're, you're at the front line in this fight. So, right. so uh, I want everybody to get our hotline, our prosperity hotline. Steve, it's free. I know you get it. It's just go to Committee to Unleash Prosperity and sign up for it. And we will send it to you at five mornings a week for free. Newt Gingrich says it's the first thing he reads every morning. Uh, Steve, Happy New Year. Thank you for doing this. We're kicking it off with this fight on spending. No, no the, the, the Leviathan. Steve, Steve, I need you solid on this. No, no backing down. No on backing down. Well, you, you don't know. My requirements are you even go to the Federal Reserve. So we'll talk about it later. But I, yeah. I've got uh, for, <laughs> right, for the for debt me. ceiling. You got you, you got it. You got to end the Fed. Steve Moore, thank you so much, sir. Appreciate it. The big fights. I want to, by the way, another besides everything that's going on in the politics in the nation's capital. Also, uh, over the uh, holidays, obviously, uh, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth passed away. Joseph Pierce. I wrote one of the best books about him, uh, Benedict XVI, Defender of the Faith. He joins us by phone. We're going to get him back on tomorrow for a little more in depth. Uh, Joseph, tell us, tell us, give us a thumbnail of why this is important, even for non-Catholics, about uh, about Cardinal Ratzinger, Pope Benedict, sir. Okay, that phone is not working. Okay, can we try that again? If not, I can go on a riff. It's called dropped. Okay, fine. Um, by the way, we're going to have Joseph Pierce. Let's just do it tomorrow because I don't want to jam this in. Um, Joseph Pierce is going to join us uh, tomorrow. 
He wrote the book, uh, Benedict XVI, Defender of the Faith. Pope Benedict, I think it's on Thursday. Ben Harnwell is going to be covering it. We're going to do a lot of coverage of this on Thursday uh, from uh, the Vatican, where uh, Pope Benedict, uh, his funeral, uh, and of course, uh, uh, his, uh, I guess, replacement is the way you would say it, is going to uh, officiate at that. So we'll be, get into all of that uh, later in the week. We'll have Joseph back on tomorrow. Okay, let's have a reset here. Uh, make sure you go up on Getter. There couldn't be a more important 24 hours 48 hours, then it's going to happen. Uh, look, we've got the leverage in getting the seats that we won. And of course, you've got MAGA, uh, you know, hardcore. I want to make sure everybody understands something. When this was first discussed six weeks, eight weeks ago, it was completely dismissed, not just by the mainstream media, but by most of conservative Inc., that this wasn't going to happen. McCarthy had it. McCarthy was going to do this right now on Capitol Hill, even as we speak. Uh, McCarthy is working nonstop. Now he put that deal out the other day. He's refining the deal. He's putting much more flesh on the bones. He's saying, Hey, one vote for vacate the chair. I'm good. He's changing the rules committee. He's doing everything possible to try to secure this vote on the first, uh, on the first ballot. And the reason that he's, uh, he's prepared to do that is that he understands if he doesn't win on the first ballot, more, uh, more votes start to, uh, to unwind his principal argument against and you saw this on quite frankly on fox news nonstop, and you even saw it, uh, yesterday where they went after um i think it's matt rosendale of uh of um matt rosendale of um montana was that oh you're going to mess up the agenda it's going to start slow you're going to turn it over to hakeem jeffries well what we're hearing now is that if uh, mccarthy doesn't win on the first ballot there's a potential and i have not verified this but i'm hearing from a number of different informed sources that there may be a deal with hakeem jeffries not to have hakeem jeffries win but enough democrats would walk off to take down the denominator that mccarthy would even try to do it that way what i'm saying is that these are desperate times from people that are there there are other people that have either thrown their hat into the ring or making calls congressman hearn uh congressman scalise jim jordan is still not is still saying hey I, I support Kevin McCarthy, and uh, I'm happy to be the the uh, the um, judiciary chair. The New York Times today literally tries to have a takedown piece on Elise Stefanik. It, it's got to be ten thousand words. I mean, this thing is I've never seen an article this long uh, to kick it off uh, about criticizing her about becoming a, a big Trump supporter. So uh, there's a lot going on. We're going to be on it nonstop. Also, the RNC. There are things happening here in Ohio. There are states all over this week. I think Ohio and Florida. Uh, this week, their activity going on. That is a full Donnybrook right now. It's only going to get more intense. That's also another question of does Ronald McDaniels have the votes after the first round? So a lot going on. Make sure you stay on our getter feed. That's uh, Captain Bannon, Grace Chung, myself, the War Room feed, and of course, all of our competitors because we're covering all this nonstop. And obviously, tomorrow morning, we'll have more inside, uh, inside baseball. Remember what Andy Big said? He said, hey, still the five hardcore no's our hardcore knows regardless of what the nine that signed the letter, the nine that signed the letter are pretty hardcore. The changes they would make or things that conservatives have wanted for many, many, many years and have never gotten, they're saying that's not good enough for us. We're still five hard nose. So this is going to explode tomorrow. Tomorrow will be a historic day. We'll be back here, of course, live 10 o'clock. You can get the show again this afternoon. But tomorrow back live at 10 a.m. We're going to be covering it all. Okay, Stephen K. Bannon, I uh, want to thank you. Uh, Happy New Year. We could not have kicked off with more intensity because why? You're in the war room. Thank you very much. We'll see you tomorrow. Bring it on and I will fight.
have proven that we need to be prepared. We constantly see government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflict, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. Having reliable communications is essential. Now, don't get caught without reliable communication. And I'm here to tell you, your fragile cell phone simply won't cut it. It will not cut it. That's why I've partnered with the Satellite Phone Store, so you can stay prepared and assure your vital communication stays private. They're one of America's largest satellite telephone companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. Right now, they have a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. Get a free Amerisat satellite phone. 150 monthly minutes, free United States domestic number, and free rollover minutes for only $99.95 plus tax per month with an annual agreement. Now go to SAT, that's SAT123.com, SAT123.com slash Bannon, and get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That's SAT123.com slash Bannon. Do it today. Take action. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. 